I'm ready to play fantasy. I know I turn two in a day, but the lace isn't hot in my veins. I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today and smash play. I'm prepared to listen. The X flipping whip got me looking way past the pitches. Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first, he can say I'm ready to go. <laughs> I ain't trying to steal second or third. Cause I wanna win first How am I to put all of these numbers to words I know the terms from A to Z It's like a gift and a curse I know the difference between a splitter and a curve But if I can't put it in the points Man, then what's it worth? I need the truth I need knowledge Found this podcast with all of it But what they call it? Turn 2 Turn 2 What it do? Hey everybody, welcome back to the Turn 2 Podcast uh, We are doing a little something different today uh, A little off of fantasy baseball into good old wagering uh the old school where you can just bet on whatever the heck you feel like uh so joining us on the show perfect for this obviously mlb moving averages is with us because uh, it's betting and that's his wheelhouse but mr vlad yeah. said the roto guy joining us on the show what's up vlad welcome oh not much man i'm um you know here on the west coast uh when we were recording this a few hours behind you guys but um the the bright uh bright and bushy tailed uh east coast feel i'm feeling that so i'm feeling your energy and uh, ready to crush it with you guys and no one brings energy like john uh maybe sometimes a little too much energy john what's up <laughs> oh my god forget it man i didn't think i could be more excited and i just started if you guys following on twitter i just started going back through my moving averages program for the new season because it's all done so i was going back over some results and my auditing from last year Oh, there is nothing like betting on baseball. You know, people ask me why I don't take on so many roto leagues because my in-season management, you know, the time there is basically clogged, handicapping 20 hours a day. I cannot wait, man. I'm out of my chair. Let's go. So before we, I mean, we're going to dive in right into win totals over under. We're going to go through what stands out to us, good or bad. Before we get going, Vlad, is it what is there anything in particular you look for as far as maybe last year's results or anything that maybe like isn't beyond, you know, maybe beyond the obvious when you're kind of looking to bet on win totals? You know, that's uh, it's part of a, a a huge package, I guess you could say. And I mean, I even I know that there is really very little, you know, you could say one percent. Uh, relevance of it, but I'll go back and I'll look at previous years. I just want to see just kind of sort of general trends. I want to see how uh, teams are laid out within a division. And that's just sort of for myself, uh, for my own edification. Um, But for the most part, I'm looking to see sort of a plus or minus improvement from the previous season um, and then make some assumptions and just sort of knowing that a uh, a good chunk of every roster is going to get hit with injuries, maybe not every uh, you know, lineup kind of like the Yankees did last year. Um, but it looks like, you know, that team, for example, is already seeing some of those trends. But, uh, you know, to me, the importance of a team's depth and the type of guys that are going to step up in the absence of some of their studs is important. And same thing with uh, with the team's minor league system. You know, what kind of guys can step in, uh, like we saw with Jordan Alvarez there, and just not only not skip a beat, but become one of the best hitters in baseball. So, that's sort of the balance that I'm looking for uh, when I'm looking to uh, see how much improvement or decline the team's going to have from the previous season. Okay. Um, we'll diving right into the American League East. Let's start with that division. At the very top, the Yankees, like you said, they had a ton of injuries last year. We're able to overcome them. Uh, their win total last year and what they're booked for this year is pretty much dead pan. There's not a real big difference right now. They're at like one, no two and a half last year, what they won like 103 games. Um, so they're obviously – uh, you know, obviously the uh, shoulder injury for uh, for Aaron Judge that bothered him at the end of this year. It's still bothering him. Obviously, uh, Luis Severino had forearm trouble at the end of last season. Still bothering him now. Tommy John surgery. James Paxton's out. Jen Carlos Stanton has his calf strain. But they do actually have a lot of depth on offense, uh, especially in the outfield. They they appear to have just like mounds and mounds of people they can slide in. Uh, the pitching staff though is obviously a little bit of a concern right now. They're putting a couple of guys in there that they did not plan on. So um, I know you sent me your win totals ahead of time, not to spoil anything, but how do you feel about the Yankees this year? You seem uh, confident that they're still going to be fine um, in that division. Uh, is there anything, did you have, is this, is this something that you'd be comfortable at all betting on, or is it more like something you want to stay away from? You know, the, the, the total is close enough there. And is so at least the books that I'm seeing at one Oh two and a half, um, that probably to me is not going to be one of my best bets. There are just, so many different spots that we, we could take advantage of. And, you know, obviously it's not uh, 
a very plus EV thing to just, you know, go ahead and just bet every total on the board. This is one of those where I think it is going to be closed and I think it's aptly set. And so um, there are just so many concerns. For example, yes, the Yankees have money that they can spend uh, and in and, and trades that they can make to really sort of bolster that um you know, that pitching staff that right now looks a little problematic with a Paxson out a while and uh, Luis Severino gone. Uh, but, you know, some of these guys could step up. I mean, a, a healthy Jordan Montgomery, a, a bounce back J.A. Happ, who is 37, but it's got a little bit left in the th tank, I think. Um, and, you know, you know, like uh, we were talking about before the show, uh, Debbie Garcia. I mean, there are some guys that can step up here. The bullpen is still pretty damn sharp. Um, fantastic, even though they've lost a couple pieces. Um, and the offense will just make do. I mean, they have the right guys in place, even, you know, without Stanton or Judge. If, if those two uh, guys are hurting, eventually at some point Hicks comes back, right? Uh, Mike Talkman is an absolute, uh, uh, you know, stud, kind of a late bloomer at 29, but I think he'll hold it down. Miguel Andahar is only 25. Luke Voigt is finally healthy. So um, Hicks you know, will be I, back at some point. <laughs> at some point, yeah. So I'm all right with this team. Um, it's just that I think it's going to be close enough uh, anywhere between 100 to 105 wins that 102.5 is just cutting it a little too close for me. I think we probably all agree. I'm going to shoot this to John real quick because obviously the Yankees are his team. Um, yeah, I think it's a hard avoid. The reason I brought it up is I think when someone, maybe the casual player who wants to start betting, will look at all the injuries and maybe think that this is an easy under and, and it's not. <laughs> uh, John, if you want to uh, talk about the Yankees a little bit before we move on. Yeah, of course, there's always so much to unpack with betting. Uh, my first thing first is always – before you place any bet, you know, make sure that you kind of shop the line because these lines move in five and 10% increments. Uh, any slight change in line is a big difference in payout over time. Um, that being said, you know, Vlad mentions the, probably the most pertinent thing when it comes to determining where you want to put your over-under plays, and it's the division, right? You know, you play that opponent 19 times during the season. Um, man, that's, you know, it's kind of a lot. So you figure 19 times four, we're talking 76 games, you know, roughly back in the napkin math, we're talking about like 40-something percent of your games. So I have found in my experience that the division really answers a lot of the questions. Let's move directly to the Yankees. Um, the second thing I do besides identifying the division, which we all know, is I kind of like to see the difference in last year's total to this year's Vegas expectations and then match that up against my own assessment of either, you know, improvement or not from that team. So the Yankees won 103 last year. The over-under this year is 102.5. When you kind of add in Cole, it makes sense that they might move forward. That being said, the other thing Vlad said is tremendously important. Injuries are a real thing. Baseball games are hard to win. Personally, I do not go over 100 games. Even if it is my beloved Yankees, even if we do play in a sandbox, and even if we do have Garrett Cole, and even if the Red Sox traded Mookie Betts and 12 other details, I, I don't go over 100 games, especially I'm not going over 102. If it was 99 and a half, maybe you could sell me. I'm definitely not going over 102. Even that, though that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't think they're going to do that. Um, why? Because of the last thing that Vlad said, you know, this guy's full of great information, is value, value, value. You know, I want to see the differences and a half a game difference from last year to this year doesn't do it for me. All right, we'll stick it with the division real quick. What, uh, Vlad, what are the ones that like, kind of stick out to you in this as far as the ones that you are willing to bet? I mean, obviously there's one that jumps off the board uh, when looking at uh, what you sent me uh, before the show, but I'll kind of let you take it from here. Uh, wh what are you looking for in the American League East as far as value? Uh, as far as value, I mean, to me, I think the Toronto Blue Jays are a team that I think is going to have, at least from a fantasy standpoint, just load up on these guys. I understand. These bats are expensive. Uh, you're paying a fourth, fifth round spot for a Vlad Guerrero. Bo Bichette is, is cruising on up. But this team is ready to rake. I mean, guys like Travis Shaw, Randall Grichuk, who can both, you know, in a healthy season, hit 30, 35 home runs in their sleep. They've added Hunjin Rio. And even though he's only slated for about 150 innings or so this year, and they're going to manage it, uh, they've got some guys that can kind of get them through games, some workhorses, maybe guys that don't necessarily bring the hottest stuff uh, you know, like a Tanner Roark, Roark uh, some guys in the minors who may not necessarily be all that studly, but, um, you know, for, for whatever reason, this is going to be the the, the division that you want to really sort of attack hitters because, I mean, just take a look at it. Uh, you know, outside of Tampa Bay, 
these pitching staffs have some major issues, especially if Chris Sale is hurt and out. There's going to be a lot of offense uh, happening in these games outside of maybe games in Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, you look at Baltimore's uh, pitching staff, uh, Toronto's, Boston's. I mean, Erod, Eduardo Rodriguez is likely their starter. Their fifth guy is somebody we've never heard of. Um, and then the Yankees, really, um, these guys are going to get banged up a little bit too. So I like Toronto to win a lot of games, score a lot of runs. I know that pitching is a big part of that. But, you know, they got a guy there at the back end who I think is sneakily one of the best closers in baseball, Kenny Giles. You saw what uh, type of uh, numbers he put up last year. The uh, the setup men aren't too bad either. I know they were bad last year, but I think this team is going to get better in general. So to me, 75 and a half is a little low. I see Toronto getting in in the early 80s um, or in the low 80s. And then the other team, unfortunately, I'm sorry, guys, I sent you a typo. But the Tampa Bay Rays, I had them way under. I actually have them slightly over, um, just to correct that. I really do like Tampa Bay. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, that jumped <laughs> off the page. Okay. Yeah, when you're putting numbers together, like 1230, I think I sent you something that was like, you know, 20 off the total win total. Anyways, I love the Rays. I think they're just, you know, stacked to compete. They're sort of the uh, – um, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers are basically trying to copy what Tampa is doing, where you're going to have a lot of guys that are that are constantly platooning in that offense, and they're going to be optimizing against lefties and righties with uh, you know these these great platoon splits. But this team is loaded. If the pitching staff is healthy, uh, if Charlie Morton's got one more good year in him, Tyler Glass now makes it through the season. Chirinos, uh, Yarbrough, Nick Anderson on the back end with Jose Alvarado. I mean, this is a really good team. This is a um, you know, I don't know what the odds would be for hundred wins and I don't think they necessarily get there. Um, that might be like a sort of a, a big wager you could make, but 90.5, I think is a, is a pretty good spot for them too. Yeah. Well, the Yankees question marks definitely make Tampa Bay an easier bet. I, I wouldn't bet on Tampa Bay personally. I love Toronto though. That 75 and a half win total just scream bet me. Uh, I mean, I, I did player profiles on almost all the players so far. I love them all. Vlad, I'm not as high as some people because his second half breakout was basically singles induced high Babbitt and he, you know, his home run and double total for the first and second half was identical, but I'm not betting against him. You saw like you know, that home run he hit the other day had a hang time of one second. He had the max, he led the league in max exit velocity. So uh, yeah, between the uh, Lords, Gurriel, Biggio, Bichette, Travis Shaw, not out of the question. He could have a bounce back. Rowdy Telez, even if Shaw doesn't bounce back, obviously has a ton of power. They're going to score a ton of runs. So um, yeah, Toronto seems like an over uh, an easy over for me. Um, John, uh, before we move on to the central uh, thoughts, disagreements on the uh, the rest of the AL East. No, I, I definitely like the Toronto play, but I want to point out one thing that may be counterintuitive to some people who are just kind of getting into this, right? So Toronto had sixty seven wins last year, and right, the line is more or less seventy five and a half. So we're talking an eight and a half game push forward, and I think some people might be turned off to that, and maybe they might think that's a red flag to go under. And I would say just the opposite, right? The market expectations are pushing it forward. But to go into that, you know, 10 or more game range, there's only a handful of those teams. And it's very it's very difficult to do that. Um, also, I'd like to add the Blue Jays opening day roster this year is not the same at all as it was last year. And if you want to tack on the year of experience for Vlad, you know, and, you know, Biggio got the call and he's established. Now Bichette is up and he's established. And uh, Hernandez is, you know, Teoscar is healthy and back. Like they're pretty much ready for war on offense and agreeing with Vlad that it is one of my favorite offenses. I'm a bit worried about how far the pitching, particularly the bullpen, is going to carry them as much as I do like Giles at the back end. I don't think there's much to bridge there. 76 games, that being said, is a very low expectation for so much talent. And, as a handicapper, you know, I do like to look at things under the microscope. And, you know, I'm a big Survivor League player also. The Blue Jays are going to go into a lot of matchups as the underdog. I understand. But not a heavy underdog. They're watching. Mark my words. Write this down. Blue Jays are going to be a, you know, a plus 125 team, a plus 130 team. That's a team that could win on any day. And I think they're going to give competitive squads a really tough time. So I'm, I'm over the 75 also. The rest of the division, for me, again, going back to that spread between the two years, you know, Baltimore, it's the same. They haven't done enough with pitching to make me want to go over, and I'm not going to go under 56. The Red Sox, 84, I, you know, that's probably right where I am. And the same thing, the Rays for 90. Gone to my head, I'm going over. But, again, 91 games in such a tough division. I don't know if I necessarily touched that. I'm probably close to a push, Matt. 
Yeah, I mean, the main thing for me with with uh, with Toronto would be if I'm going to go best case, worst case scenario with teams, I'm going to sh- then I would shave some games from the Yankees and I would shave some games from Boston, uh, and they would either go they're not going to Baltimore, so uh, they're either going to Tampa Bay and Toronto. So like Vlad said, you're not going to give Tampa Bay 100 games, but if there was that would be something that would might be interesting. But I'm more than likely going to end up giving them to Toronto, which would makes them even more of an over favor for me. Uh, going to the Central. Uh, the White Sox, the only reason no one's talking as much about their lineup is probably because how good Minnesota's is. Uh, the, there should be a couple of shootouts throughout the year between these two guys who also struggle with, uh, I guess, the depth of pitching staff. But um, I am I am not sure I'm comfortable betting the over on 92.5 too much on Minnesota. I know, Vlad, uh, you'll have something different to say about that, only because I'm just – I really am not sure about, about the pitching staff. But Chicago – uh, 84 and a half who I view these teams, you know, fairly, fairly closely. I think they have a better chance of overcoming their deficit in that area. Um, so I uh, definitely love the over for Chicago at 84 and a half Minnesota. I like the over, but I don't know if I like it as much as I do like Toronto and Chicago, as far as my best bet in the division, I'd rather go Chicago. Um, so Vlad, take it away from Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, in the White Sox, I think it's uh, it's very clear this is a, a team that everybody is going to be targeting in fantasy. I mean, I actually was in a draft with a guy we were just talking about, Heberlig, uh, the guy with like a million drafts. I saw what he was doing on his last team. He was just stacking White Sox. He was grabbing <laughs> a Grandal, Abreu, Mancada, NC. I'd never seen anything like this. Uh, this offense is loaded. So much is going to rely on a couple of these younger guys stepping up, uh, Luis Robert, and uh, of course, Nick Madrigal, uh, not much of a, a uh, not going to give you more than a couple of home runs, but he could, you know, swipe 25 plus and uh, hit for good average, a very good contact hitter. Will very polarizing guy as far as what he can do fantasy wise. Very big upgrade, at least over what they have currently, which even if you don't expect much out of Madrigal, he should be a big upgrade over what most think will be their starter right now, which is still a big deal. <laughs> yeah, Lurie Garcia there, Danny Mendick for sure. But it is so much is dependent on the staff. I mean, if you look at the staff on paper, it doesn't look all that bad. You think back to uh, Gio Gonzalez actually had a pretty darn uh, nice second half last year. Overall, not a bad season. Uh, he's their fifth starter. Uh, Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech, uh, Kopech, these are two guys that uh, could really help bolster this uh, this lineup and, or, or this rotation. And then, of course, uh, you know, Giolito, Keiko at the top, and then the pivotal guy, Ronaldo Lopez, the guy with the worst XFIP in all of baseball the last couple of seasons. You've got to feel like there's something maybe potentially there untapped that we might get out of them. I guess we'll see. The And, and uh, we, you, we glossed over a little bit. Yasmani Grandal, before the robo um, comes in, they have one year of taking full advantage of his ability to make this young pitching staff better, which I think is, is you know, it's, you know I don't know how much that really moves the needle as far as wins and losses, but it's definitely a factor. Um, but I know you, uh, you really like, you really like the twins to take the over. Is that more of how much you love just the team in general? And they're going to like lead, maybe lead the league in runs, or is it just the fact that the bottom of this division is so bad and there's just so many free wins to be had? Absolutely. There's so many free wins between the Royals and the Tigers. They'll face the Orioles some. They'll also get some games with the Mariners, I'm sure. Uh, and this this team is going to win by a lot of runs. It's probably not a good thing for their closer, Tyler Rogers. Maybe uh, just so many blowouts where he won't even be able to sniff 40 saves. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the addition of Kenta Maeda is a really solid one. Uh, Barrios and Odorizzi at the top. Odorizzi really had a nice little... Uh, bounce back year last year, but, uh, you know, Kenta Maeda in there, I think really has feel like, feels like he has something to prove. Felt like he was really sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, tossed around over there between relief and starting for the Dodgers. And then on the back end, these veterans, I think between them, they can get it done. Homer Bailey, uh, Ulysses Sashin and uh, Rich Hill, who will be back eventually. And let's not forget Michael Pineda suspended, uh, to, you know, to start the year, but they have enough depth here to make, to get it going. And the bullpen is really solid. Guys like Trevor May, Tyler Duffy, Tyler Clippard, Sergio Romo. It's a nice mix of guys who, um, you know, are all sort of veterans, uh, most of them 30 and over, um, but I think can get the job done. So and let's not forget they won 101 games last year, and I think their team is even better this year. And you're, you see small decisions in spring training. It looks more and more like it's a possibility that Luis Arias could be at the top of that lineup, which for them – would be such a smart decision, in my opinion. Put a guy who could win the batting title at the top in front of all those bangers uh, rather than kind of waste him at the end. His RBIs maybe would be higher at the at the bottom, but 
I love him at the top as getting someone like on base in front of all those mashers. Uh, John, uh, what do you think is division? I mean, is anyone uh, curious of betting? Does anyone like to bet any of the bottom feeders here? I almost would love to bet the under on the Royals because 64 and a half. Oh my God. I think they're so much worse than that, but I typically like to stay away from the bottom feeding betting. But John, anything you see here that, uh, differently than us? Yeah. For, first thing about the bottom to what you were just saying, the same way, you know, similarly to me, not wanting to go over a hundred, I really try not to go under, you know, I try not to go under on that same mark. You know, I don't like to ask for 100 losses is what I'm saying. It's hard to lose 100 games, especially when you share a division with the Tigers. You know, and the Royals, if you watch them, when they're healthy, I know they don't pitch, but they really put the pressure on teams because they have so many guys that go first to third and score from second that they're not as easy of an out as you think. You know, they did just get some bad news about Junis, and that pitching staff was already in, in shambles. So I, I just don't want to touch it at all. You know, uh, a good moniker for uh, betting sometimes is to just just don't bet on really bad teams. You know, you really just stay away from it. Look for good teams that are being undervalued and hope, you know, that talent plays out. Because you don't, want to be, you don't want to be in the situation where you actually have to care about what the Royals are doing. Well, yeah, because, they're, you know, they're, they're terrible. But And then they're going to play the Tigers. And you don't, know, you don't even want to be involved with that. I don't put my good money on those kind of outcomes. I'm just not interested. Um, the White Sox, I think that line is extremely fair. You know, I was hoping it was going to come in a little bit lower. I didn't think Las Vegas was willing to go 12 and a half games of improvement year over year. That's an – you know, that's a – it's a pretty large jump. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if it has something to do with signing Bummer. Again, you know, as a handicapper, we're talking about straight wins. What wins games? Bullpens closed the door, right? Matt, you and I spoke about this on air. The Nationals in the first half last year were not a bad team. They hit, they pitched, they had a terrible bullpen, and they were losing games, right? So that, <laughs> man, I can't believe this Twins line. I'm like laughing every time I'm looking. I see the 92 and a half, and I go, "Wow, they only won 92 and a half last year." No, they won the 101 last year. Why are we only asking 92 and a half from a team that's pretty significantly improved? You know, you're adding a real true frontline kind of starter in in Maeda, plus the bullpen got a bolstering. Um, I'm way over this one. Way, I mean, way over. I'm back at 100 games. I'd be scratching my chin if it was 98 and a half, 99 and a half. This 92 and a half is broken. Um, give me that all day. You know, that lineup top to bottom is sick, and the bullpen is sick. And they have a couple guys kind of waiting in the wings. Um, a guy I like fantasy drafts late, um, Dobnak, who started against my Yankees in the playoffs last year. Roster Resource now has him in AAA. He's ready. Uh, Smelter, a lot of people like him, and he's kind of ready. So there's depth, and they have bullpen depth. Uh, man, the Twins are not going to be anything to mess with. You know, when you see those daily lines, I guarantee you they're going to be coming in as a minus 350 favorite or better in every game against the Tigers and the Royals, at least until something significantly changes. So 92, that just doesn't make sense. They may win 15 or 16 of each of those 19 game sets. So you're talking about, let's be conservative. I think they win 15 easily. That's 30 wins against two teams in the division. I'm way over 92, Maddie. Is there a ghost in your house? What is that? Ooh. Anyone hear that? Whoever smelts or delts her. That's what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so moving to the uh, the American League West, I'm going to be staying away from most of this division uh, as it seems like a big nightmare, except for Oakland, who seems interesting at 89 and a half. I understand why maybe it's low. All because, I mean, the pitching staff, while very talented, it is full of insane question marks. Frankie Montas, for some reason, projections have him between 170 and 180 innings, despite the fact that he hasn't pitched over 100 in the majors. I love him. I mean, the split finger, he he, he mixed in at the end, obviously made him a different pitcher. Hopefully he'll throw it more than like 18% of the time this year. But, you know, Jesus Lazardo, AJ Puck, Sean Manea, all have the ability to be fantastic. But even if you wipe one or even two of them out, they have some talented people they can slide in. And this division is, or this lineup is amazing. I mean, if you're going to bet, we're going to talk about home run, home run leaders. I mean, they have quite a few people that are, are, are possibly candidates to lead the league in home runs. So Oakland 89 and a half seems like a nice over for me. The rest of the division I am actually staying away from. Uh, Vlad, what do you have? Yeah. I mean, Oakland is a good baseball team. They know how to win games. This is what's going to happen again this year. For me, it's one of those situations where uh, basically the combination of 
of, of factors that go beyond just the names on a roster. I think, you know, they can, this team can have a Robbie Grossman and a Tony Kemp in their lineup and still compete for the division against a team like Houston. Uh, I just think they blend and, and gel really well together. I mean, we saw what they got out of somebody like Marcus Simeon last year. You've got guys like Matt Chapman and Matt Olson, who are both, I think, could be legitimate uh, MVP type of candidates, especially one of the things that people really aren't thinking about with Matt Olson is they pretty much just have him pegged for a 250, 260 average. This could be an outlier uh, average season for him. And I don't think there's a single person that's ever even thought about something like that. Uh, Ramon Laureano stepping up into another level this year. Chris Davis bouncing back, um, basically playing with a broken hand for most of the, or, you know, really injured hand most of the year last year. Uh, you know, bullpen is fantastic. The staff is amazing, even though they'll be limited on some innings, but just a lot of very solid, solid overall depth on this team. Uh, anything else for you, John? Yeah, the West, I think you guys got it. Um, I, given this grouping, you know, again, you always want to factor the entire division together. I find it interesting you know, that the Astros are the only team projected over, you know, 90. The expectations are all are the omens over 90. The wins have to come somewhere. Um, Vegas already has the Angels penciled in for a 13-and-a-half game boost, which I'm not sure I'm buying. I do like Anthony Rendon, but the pitching staff really is, you know, is kind of unproven. And with Canning, you know, hurt, and there is a possibility in that range of outcomes that he doesn't pitch at all this year, um, I'm probably under the 85-and-a-half for the, for the Angels which corresponds with my over 89.5 on Oakland for all of the reasons that you guys said. And I know it's kind of weird, again, circling back again, to always considering the division. You don't want to go over with too many teams in the same division, obviously, because they're going to be you know fighting for the same chicken leg, essentially. But the Rangers, for all the improvements they've made, they're getting a you know 82-game contextual upgrade at home. Um, again, as a handicapper, I knew I really stayed away from money line plays in Texas during the summer because the, especially with the ball, the, the games were just so wonky. It was almost like Coors Field. It was almost like an auto over. Um, the Rangers line is really, really interesting to me. I'm not quite able to put my finger on why there's such a small spread. You know, they're only asking for a game and a half improvement. And I already see, you know, two up. Grades three upgrades, I'm sorry, which is 60% of your starting rotation, right? They brought in Kluber, so Vegas does not believe in Kluber. I think we can say that. Um, they don't believe in Gibson or Lyles, all guys that I kind of like if we're going to trans, you know, transition to fantasy, all guys that I really like where they're going in drafts. Plus, uh, you know, Leclerc to shut the door, he's not the best, but he's not the worst. I, I think they're a 500 team. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not here pushing the Rangers for a division win, but I do think they're a 500 team, and – with a couple of steps forward from the young guys, right? If uh, Santana is legitimate and Willie Calhoun, a whole season of him is legitimate, I think they can get to 82 wins. All right, before we move on to the National League, you said something that you were firm on, not firm, but you were under on the, the Angels. I know, Vlad, you are not. Uh, so I don't know if you want to touch on them real quick before we move to the National League. Yeah, I think uh, the fact that Mr. Mike Trout gets a little bit of uh, lineup assistance, I think, is a really, really big deal. I, I think, uh, you know, the addition of uh, Anthony Rendon, who, man, this guy is an absolute beast. I think he's one of the yeah. best all-around hitters in baseball. You add him to that lineup, you've got a healthy Shohei Otani, uh, Justin Upton back in the mix. Uh, you know, this team is underrated. They don't need to have a bunch of baseball stars or even fantasy stars to really, you know, to be able to get it done. Somebody like even a, a David Fletcher and, and Tommy Listella who have a lot of versatility all over the field uh, and really can, can, can really cover up some ground. And you have to think that at some point uh, somebody like an Andrew Heaney is finally going to step up and have the type of season that we think he's capable of. We know that he's got a dominant left arm. We know that he can rack up a lot of strikeouts, but can he actually uh, prevent uh, runs from scoring? I think that's something that's possible. And I think absolutely the move for, from Dylan Bundy, a former big time prospect, what is a second overall pick from several years ago, um, you know, somebody that's been very tilting as far as, you know, DFS and, uh, and, and from a fantasy perspective, I mean, he can legitimately shave a run off that ERA, uh, making starts there in the uh, in the NL West uh, for you know one third to forty uh, percent of the time. So 
I don't know. I'm just kind of bullish on this team. Um, you know, the, the, the bullpen maybe may have something left to be desired, but if Kenyon Middleton can bounce back from injury, um, I think he's a very key piece of that. And of course they'll have money to, uh, to spend and, and make some trades and hopefully maybe the Griffin canning thing isn't as bad as people think. So I think the win total there is just a tad too low. Um, it'd be one of my ones that I would be considering betting on the over. If only they had Ross Stripling, that would, <laughs> that would make me much more happy. Um, yeah, the National League East, I'm actually going to immediately turn over to you guys because I am all like always wearing my Mets hat. So I, uh, I am, there's two reasons I'm not betting one. Obviously I don't know where my fandom ends and, uh, my, my actual, uh, analyst hat hat goes on because this division is really, really tight. So when it's that tight and I'm not sure I'd want to bet it, even if I wasn't a Mets fan, uh, they're going to feed, they're literally going to be feasting off of each other. A lot of people bet the over on almost every team last year. And like John said, you can't do that. I mean, the Marlins are going to be awful, but then the rest of it, I mean, can go so many different directions. So I'm staying away from it for multiple reasons. Uh, Vlad, are you considering putting any wagers on this division? No, 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 not at all. This is the one uh, one of two divisions um, in the NL that I really am sort of, I think is a wise call to to stay away from unless you have a specifically very strong feel. What you're doing, Matt, that's the right way to do it. Uh, I think that's a big issue with folks in the betting space, in, uh, in fantasy. It's, you know, uh, being too attached to your team where in fact the best thing to do is to be as unbiased as possible to sort of be able to step away and separate your fantasy and your betting from your fandom. Um, and that's really a good call. As far as this division is concerned, you nailed it on the head. There's going to be a lot of uh, sort of feeding from each other's teeth, so to speak. And um, I just, man, I just, you know, I, sure. I like the Phillies to be better than they were last year. I wish that win total was set at 83 then i'd be more willing to bet but 85 to 85 and a half a little too close for comfort um i have pretty close to pushes in almost all of these and i don't feel confident one way or the other that any of these are going to end up falling any more than three above or below the total in this division uh john now this is a good time to bring in your the way you bet as far as the five innings goes because uh, the, like you said, you like the Marlins, but not in the traditional sense. Uh, I, I get the feeling that you wouldn't bet the regular season win uh, over under win totals uh, for this one. But tell us a little bit about how you like to bet the five innings. Well, well, yeah, I mean, it's funny. This division particularly where I'm not so into the over under for basically everything. Vlad's saying, um, I bet a ton. I have a – maybe it's probably my most heavily bet division as far as – uh, the first five innings goes, you know, after the happy fun ball and the subsequent bullpen implosions, I had to redraw up my moving averages algorithm. Even though it was pretty successful, I wasn't down with the emotional capital I was spending watching the roller coaster ride of like six inning, ninth inning, six run, ninth innings. It just seemed completely out of control uh, last year. I wasn't interested in it. Now, the reason why we I like these teams because the bullpens were so bad last year, right? When you're betting for the first five innings, you're looking for teams that have good starting pitching and bad bullpens. So that was definitely the Marlins, right? They were a doormat last year with no offense. But there's a lot of exciting young pitching on the team. Uh, Smith and Alcantara. I like Eliezer Hernandez. You know, there's there's definitely something there with those guys. They've been pretty good at cultivating um, young guys, and they're probably only going to give you five innings. They turn around and lose the game, so they end up being the underdog again the next day. And then it's kind of like – Rinse and repeat. Um, the the, um, the Nationals were the same way. Like I was saying they, earlier on, they kind of stunk in the beginning of the year as far as win-loss record goes. But I was cashing on them winning after first five all the time because the same thing would happen. They would come in as even money even though they were putting Strasburg on the mound because the bullpen would just melt down habitually. It was pretty awful, but, you know, I didn't really mind. Um Back to the over-unders this year. Man, Matt, Matt, um, I don't know if you want to get excited. I'm, I'm firmly over on the Mets, I think. And when I say that, I mean I need to have at least two and a half games on the line to take the over, right? And it comes at the expense of the Phillies, right, as I'm always incorporating the divisional lines. The Phillies are marked for four-and-a-half game improvement. I don't see that. I don't like the Phillies. Um, yeah, I know the lineup is kind of cool in, in the front end. McCutcheon's pretty down. He's supposed to set the table. 
I don't like the pitching whatsoever there. You know, they're anchored by Nola, who I'm totally off of. That one really good year looks really kind of anomalistic at this point. I'm not betting any money on that. So it's not even to say if I were to bet one, it would be the Mets. I, I think I may end up betting the Mets because um, they were another team, right? The starting pitcher was really good. They'd go out and, you know, be terrible at the end and completely implode and make all their fans puke in their hats. But they're very good in that regards if you ask me now because what they didn't have last year now is a really significant bridge to what I think will be improved Diaz but let's say he isn't Lugo to Batances to Diaz is really really good the Mets actually have about six or seven closers in their bullpen not that they should have been closers but as far as closer experience it is interesting but again I'm not betting the Mets because I won't the bullpen narrative for the Mets is well documented, right? And it manifested itself in the, you know, analysis of Jacob DeGrom when it came to Cy Young votes. You know, he had the best pitcher in the league, but he's not winning any games. And then we realize how stupid wins are, but that's what we're betting on right now. The Mets, in my opinion, have like definitively addressed that one um, weak link in the chain. And I think that's where those extra games are going to come. So I'm over on the Mets, man. I, if it was 88 and a half, I may be thinking about it because, like I said, that two and a half games, I think I have them at about 91 or 92. And if we're going into bold predictions, I can't even have them winning the division. Well, a lot of, I mean, Pakota, a few places actually do have winning division. I won't go that far as far as, because I said I stay out of it emotionally. I, I do like some things they did as far as Ramos is, Ramos is, uh, is, 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 is trying different things at the plate as far as not as many pass balls, and he's trying to have a better relationship with Syndergaard. He's obviously a net negative for the entire staff as a whole. Uh, one thing I think their defense isn't as bad as people gave it credit for because um, Ahmed Rosario became a completely different defender as the season went on. He's very talented. He was different different player first and second half. Jeff McNeil's at third every single day. Uh, if you watch him in spring training, he looks very comfortable out there. He's going to be fine. Robinson can know if he's healthy, he's going to be fine. So I think the defense, as far as it affecting Marcus Stroman, et cetera, is will be a little better. But again, I won't be betting them. Uh, they did win 86 last year. They're 86 and a half this year. So I would, if you made me bet, if you made me bet, I would take the over, but nothing I'd be definitively comfortable um, actually doing. Uh, so going into the central, uh, which is a complete, complete cluster. Uh, a lot of people have the Reds winning this division because of all the improvements they made and the lack of improvements everyone else made. But the fact of the matter is Milwaukee's still going to be good since St. Louis, even though they look like a mini dumpster fire, they always make it work depending like regardless of circumstance And Chicago still has a lot of like MVP, MVP caliber talent. And we have to see if you Darvish of the second half is who we see for a full season. So uh, long story short, another division I am not betting. <laughs> uh, but Cincinnati's uh, over under seems to be something I would I would definitely love to. Uh, all right, Vlad, I'll just turn it over to you because, I mean, I, I, I this, the division has so much variance for me. Cincinnati looks like it's screaming over, but I don't know if it's something I'm definitely going to be investing in. Yeah, I think the Reds, uh, at least where the line is at now, is probably one of my favorite, uh, favorite bets. I just see... Um, it, in a good place where I think the Reds could uh, could easily hit that uh, the o, uh, the over get up in the high 80s there. Uh, they've really made some some really strong improvements, and I think you're going to see some improvements from some of these starting pitchers that uh, you know have sort of suffered or have had different fates um, of late. Obviously, the 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 sort of dual aces there, uh, and I won't even mention Bauer here. That's Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo had phenomenal seasons. I think there's another level to Castillo's game. I think he's a, a guy that can potentially um, get closer to a 3, 3.2 ERA um, this season. Trevor Bauer, uh, he definitely has to be somewhere between the guy he was two years ago when he had his uh, league-leading 221 ERA and the guy that had a four-and-a-half mark last season. Um, and then it's basically – Really, the key there is getting Wade Miley out of that rotation as soon as possible and letting Tyler Male, uh, or Male, however you pronounce it, him and Anthony Disclafani, those are the two keys um, and two guys that I think can be workhorses, go deep into the rotation and really help things, help them keep it, um, you know, keep things in the game, keep them in the game. Um, I love what they have going on in the outfield. Uh, you know, it's fine to be overcrowded. The depth is just a very, very good thing. Um, a little bit left in the bat of Joey Votto, who I think is going to play inspired this season. And really the key for me here is Nick Castellanos, who I believe is going to be 
uh, basically this year's Anthony Rendon. If uh, somebody, uh, you know, if these Reds are going to make a run, and I think he's a, a potential MVP candidate this year. So I think you'll see him sort of take over and uh, help lead that offense. You, you've reminded me of all the reasons I like the Reds, uh, and I probably am actually more inspired to take the uh, to bet on this now. Uh, Joey Votto, you mentioned. I mean, I drafted him late in TGFBI. Now, I mean, I, I mentioned this a couple of times. I, he's someone that I was looking at later, but again, uh, he's not exactly any kind of linchpin anymore for the Reds. But he's he may be batting second. We'll see if that's a good idea or not. He made a he made a change in the second half last year to uh, choke up on the bat in certain counts because if you look at um, his stats and the way he's been declining, uh, breaking balls, changeup has really been an issue, and he found a way to kind of counteract that, at least stop it from making him look like a fool. So, uh, yeah, I think you, you see a big bounce back at him. Shoga Akiyama, we don't know what to expect. I mean, you know, there were some uh, early projections. I know Jeff Erickson, I think, had him as like, I don't know, like a 300, uh, 20, 100, 100 kind of guy with, you know, stolen bases too. Uh, you know, so, yeah, they have a ton of talent on this team. So, um, John, uh, besides the Reds, is there anything else in this division you like? So Cincinnati firmly over. Um, my other one, let you know, again, corresponding moves. That comes at the expense of my two unders. I, if you notice, I haven't bet too many unders. I will be under the Pirates at 69 and a half. I believe they are a 100 loss team, which gives me seven games of room there. And I'm also under the Cardinals. Matt, I, I do get what you're saying about, you know, they kind of find a way. I think the wheels are just spinning off the wagon. I don't see how they I won't get, argue. I won't argue with that either. I, I just don't see how they get an 87 and a half. You know, you lose your best hitter and they have absolutely no pitching and the bullpen is injured. They're relying on, you know, Reyes and Martinez. It's a lot to ask for me. I'm, I'm on the run both of those squads. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, it looks like uh, a bunch of teams could go get 85 wins, but Cincinnati is definitely the only one that you're confident in making the big jump. Uh, the National League West. You know, it's funny. The National League is in a very fun division to bet. They already have the Dodgers at one and one and a half. I mean, uh, they are far and beyond better than the rest of the division. But it, it is, it's tough to confidently bet over 101 and a half games only because things happen. But, I mean, things would have to both badly happen to them and happen very positively for the rest of the division for that not to occur. So they look like even at 101 and a half an easy over, even one worth betting. Oh, the only other team you'd be interested possibly being the Padres because Machado, even though I have my concerns, uh, not only did he have a bad home and away, but he uh, a lot of his uh, power metrics and his, his plate discipline were the worst of his career, even though they were still above league average. But he just couldn't hit right-handers last year, which is a concern for me. But they have like a, a boatload of talent. So I like them a little bit. But the only team I think in this whole division I bet is the Dodgers. Vlad, uh, how do you feel about this division? Yeah, it's close. It's not a very fun division to, 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 to really go after. And it's just one where the Dodgers have been dominating for quite some time. And everybody's just basically the uh, playing second fiddle there. But I think things sort of rotate a little bit in terms of uh, the Padres really stepping up and being that clear number two team, at least for me. I think that's a bet, a wager that I might be interested in. There are a lot of games with teams in, you know, when they go interleague and um, when they play the other divisions within the NL that I think they'll have a good chance to win as well as, uh, you know, lots of close games within their own divisions. I just think, uh, you know, a guy like Chris Paddock uh, taking another step forward on an already incredible rookie year, I think is going to be very beneficial to them. Um, you know, Denison Lamette, is he indeed this guy that everybody is hyping up in the preseason? Garrett Richards, I can't quit you, Garrett Richards. Can you finally do it for us just one year just make it happen he has no innings limit so they're just gonna pitch him to his arm falls off um but man um i really I, I love the offense i think machado bounces back i think he's a little bit more motivated this year this is a guy that has just been effortlessly cruising to some of the best fantasy numbers over the last few years no player in baseball has got more plate appearances than him over the last four five years he just gets bored get him some you know a little bit of excitement a team like this that he feels like he can make him run on run with and i think you might see a, a different more motivated at least for part of the season manny machado Gotcha. Uh, all right. Uh, before uh, we we wrap up, uh, at least our section of the show with Vlad, um, what are your thoughts on this division and uh, the ALS before we get into some uh, MVP and home run uh, wagers to, to end the show? The, it's, really uh, a hard, it's really a hard pass for me. Um, you know, before I actually get into the spreadsheets and stuff, I like to think on my own, you know, where am I comfortable? Like, where do I think it would be? And these lines are probably within like a half of game of where I would be. So I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, 
a hard pass. I'll probably be betting them in season, but as far as the futures go, I'm not really interested. All right. Uh, so, yeah, that does it, uh, at least for, for, for this part of the show, for the over-under win totals. Uh, real quick, Vlad, before we have to let you go, uh, who are some uh, – well, let's get into some uh, MVP, uh, some maybe some people you want to bet for, the, the, the MVP awards, home run totals. What are some of your favorite values on the board as far as outside of win totals that you're really looking to place this year? Yeah, I mean, you know, the – this is something that I posted, I think, uh, a couple of months ago. I was just really curious to see what kind of odds, early odds, we could be getting on some of these guys who have some ridiculous raw power. Where if you knew that they could just play 140, you know, 150 plus games, you're going to have a really good shot at 50 home runs. And I think, obviously, outside of guys like uh, Joey Gallo and Chris Davis that people already know about, um, you know, I think even somebody like Miguel Sano, like he is starting to. Um, you know, that you're, you're not getting as good of odds on him as you were before, but it's still a good relative value. You think about the team that he's on, um, you know, the, the ballpark, the pitching that he's going to see. I think he's a guy, if he can finally play 150 games, he's somebody, you know, right now I'm, I'm you know, looking at uh, uh, somewhere around plus 4,000. Uh, you, you can you can grab a line like that. I think that's a, end up being a pretty good deal. Um, you know, Fran Mil Reyes, whatever odds that you can get him at, take a look at him. Um, and then sneaky Kyle Schwarber. I'm seeing some uh, some incredible 80 to 1, 100 to 1 type stuff. If you're able to find anything on Kyle Schwarber out there, guy has some massive power. Um, Plus 6,000 on DraftKings right now. Yeah, something uh, – it, it actually shows – Plus sixty thousand on Fanduel. I'm assuming that's a uh, some sort of typo. Yeah, Grab to- that value, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah. I love this. I love the Solaire call. I would love to see him bat a little higher in the lineup than he's likely going to, just from a bat standpoint. But I love the value there as well. Um, Fran Mil Reyes, obviously fantastic. Jorge Soler struck me as someone who's going a little too low, considering he literally just hit 50 and played 162 games. I know we're not expecting 162 again, but he's one, someone who jumps off the board. Uh, anyone uh, else from any betting standpoint? Uh, I know we're coming up on a minute before you got to head off. Uh, no, no, just wanted to uh, to be able to give your listeners today a uh, an opportunity to uh, join our site free for a week on the sports betting site. So it's a elite. Nice elitesportsbetting.com slash free week. And basically this promo code specifically for your listeners today is turn to gut. And just to spell that out, T-U-R-N-T-W-O-G-U-T. So the combination of this podcast and my gut um, will get you that free week for a week on both actually elite sports betting and on the DFS site, um, elite fantasy. Um, And I think, you know, you'll check it out there. Um, A lot of the cast of characters and people we have there, with a great record and history of success, I think sort of speaks for itself. But outside of that, I'll be, uh, you know, you'll see me on Twitter. I'll, I'll be around all season and uh, over on Fantasy Guru for all of my uh, my season-long content this year. All right. We, we really appreciate you jumping by the show. Uh, yeah, thanks for taking time out of your morning. Hopefully we'll have you on again sometime, man. It was a blast talking baseball with you. Yeah, really appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. That does it for the Turn 2 podcast. Uh, we want to thank uh, – Vlad Sedler for definitely joining us on the show. Like he said, uh, you know, use the promo code turn to gut, uh, take advantage of that promo code for his site. Uh, if you want to yell at me for any of our takes, or if you want to talk about uh, betting, obviously John, uh, MLB moving averages, this is what he does. Uh, betting is his wheelhouse. You know, where can everyone find you? Is there anything you want to shout out? I know you're, you have your uh, algorithm you're on for a, a low, low price for everyone to take advantage of. Matt, thank you so much for bringing it up. I wasn't not even going to hawk my own stuff, but I do appreciate it. Yes, uh, you know, gambling is – that's what I'm here for, and the algorithm is ready for the 2020 season. Um, Rather than kind of tout and sell picks, I'm thinking I'm going to go a different route, you know, and now that gambling is kind of opening up to new people, right, millions of new bettors are entering the space. A lot of them don't bet enough to make it worth having a service. So I want to take my moving averages algo live and further, meaning like actually have it on an app. And these things are expensive. So rather than tout for picks and charge a lot of money, I'm trying crowdsource crowdsource with regular people who are small bettors. And I'm going to give anybody the full printout. That's every game with all the results. So that's over, under, plus the winner for two bucks a day. And you can play when you want. If you want to play one day a week, you play one day a week for two bucks, right? And that shouldn't be enough to throw off your, you know, percentage win when if you're playing especially most people play pockets of games you know they bet in anywhere between three and five for the day so if you're betting you know five games you only paid 40 cents per 
you know, game for some information that hopefully you found really helpful. You can dig through my Twitter feed from last year. Uh, we were extremely successful, man. It was so encouraging that, man, I'm back for more and I'm ready to go. Matt, thank you so much for the opportunity to get that out. I appreciate it, man. No problem. I'm trying I, to ask for good. everybody's money. Oh, my God. You're peddling your stuff. It's just shameless. <laughs> uh, if anyone wants to follow me on Twitter, uh, you can follow me at Matt Williams, M-A-T-T. <laughs> W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S, or follow the show at Turn2Podcast. And definitely, uh, uh, we never really asked this like every other podcast at the top. You know, definitely rate and review the show. We do really appreciate it. You know, we love hearing feedback. If you enjoy the show, go there, drop us uh, drop us some five stars. Uh, hopefully, I would think if you made it through this entire show with a smile on your face, you'd love to give us five stars. Uh, tell us how you like the show. Uh, definitely subscribe to Turn2Podcast or follow us on Twitter. We're always throwing you updates. We're always asking for your feedback. So thank you for listening to the Turn2 Podcast. Like I said, this was a little bit different. It's some uh, MLB betting over and under. Uh, we'll, we'll see how we did at the end of the year. Uh, we are going to have Scott Bogman on the next show to talk about uh, points, leagues versus Roto and the players that take a bump or a dip in value. So, uh, you know, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you next show. See everybody. My, oh, my. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play fantasy. I know I turn two in a day, but the laces ain't hot in my veins. I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today and smash play. I'm prepared to listen. The X flipping whip got me looking way past the pitches. Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first, he can say I'm ready to go. <laughs> I ain't trying to steal second or third. Cause I wanna win first How am I to put all of these numbers to words I know the terms from A to Z It's like a gift and a curse I know the difference between a splitter and a curve But if I can't put it in the points Man, then what's it worth? I need the truth I need knowledge Found this podcast with all of it But what they call it? Turn two Turn two, Turn two. What it do? Win leaps Catch out Catch out